Welcome to Momentum Church. Looking forward to the next couple weeks as we get into our Christmas series. We're just doing a two-week Christmas series this week. But before I get into the first week, I want to thank you all for your prayers and your support over the last week and a half. Many of you guys have been so encouraging. Some of you don't know what's going on. My mama passed away a week and a half ago. And, and I, how many here, your mother or father has passed away? Raise your hand. Yeah, hands all over. And so, oh my word. I, I, I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are when they pass. Um, there's nobody like mama, right? Nobody like daddy. And so, um, and I just realized so much over the last week and a half. I'm a mama's boy. To a fault. And, and what I realized, two things I realized aren't on the planet anymore. It, it, there's not a person on the planet left that believes Ross Wiseman can do no wrong. <laughs> not Amy. <laughs> not my staff. You know, maybe Molly, my dog, but not a person, you know. And, 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 and that just sat on me last week like, oh my gosh, that's, that's weird. And then the other thought I had was there's not a person on the planet that, that will make me ever feel like their little boy. And I know that sounds really weird, but, you know, you're a boss and a dad, and I'm a pawpaw. I love being a pawpaw. But when I was on the phone with mama, you know, or I was in her presence, I was just her little boy. And man, that kind of felt nice. I, and I'd be embarrassed by it because mama's here. She, she, how many mothers do that infant like voice to you? Like nobody raises their hand. Okay, so we had a dysfunctional relationship. <laughs> but I love that dysfunction. And it just always, I didn't realize I was embarrassed by it. But, but the last week and a half, just that thought has been heavy and that, that there's not a person that makes me feel that just, you know, simple times, you know. And so thank you for your prayers and support. It has been a little bit of a dark time. You know, no matter how well you know your theology, it still hurts, right? And so, but it has been a season the last week and a half just filled with hope and faith as well. And um, our faith, it's in God's ultimate plan for each of us that we know this isn't the end, amen? And so also it's been a season where we've been able to reflect upon mother's faith, you know, the kind of faith she had. And, and as I was looking at this sermon, I actually started working on this series a year ago. I, I started thinking about this last Christmas and, um, and basically what the title is, a faith-filled family Christmas, a faith filled family Christmas. And I started thinking about that, that it's a better time to be doing this now. Because a lot of the things that I see in scripture here were things I did see in my mom. You know, they were things I did see in how she taught us how to live people who were, were, were faith-filled. And so, um, yeah, so you have to bear with me today. The first service, it was, it was good. Um, but the, there's times where I just get a little lost in my head. So is that okay? All right, what I want us to get out of today, this week we're going to be looking at Zachariah and Elizabeth, all right? That's Jesus' first cousin, John, when the baby's born. We're going to be looking at, at, at Zachariah and Elizabeth, or his second cousin, rather, and we're going to be looking next week at Mary and Joseph, families in Scripture that had opportunity to have faith in light of the Advent, in light of this coming Messiah. And so this week, I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at a lot of Scripture today, Luke chapter 1. And with that, I want us to begin to think this thought. Often, it's in the darkest days that you experience and are given the greatest gifts, 
Let me say it again. It's in the darkest days that you experience the greatest gifts. I knew how many people loved mama, but it was at her funeral, that dark moment, that we got to experience the greatest testaments of her life. It was a celebration of life. It was beautiful, you know? I even got to sing to mama. I won't do it now. And um, because she always wanted me to sing this song, If I Could Hear My Mama Pray Again. Lord, that was hard. But you know, it was a dark moment, but it was a beautiful faith filled moment. The greatest of gifts show up. And that's what we see here in this scripture. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to look here in Luke chapter one. We're going to start at verse five. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the divisions of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. I'm going to stop there for a second. The days of Herod, the Herodian dynasty was a dynasty that was a Jewish dynasty, but they had got things flipped. They'd got their minds on so much other than the spiritual quality of the people and of the country, and they had got their minds off God. And so this Herodian dynasty operated underneath the Roman Empire. They were given permission by the Roman Empire. So the Jewish people at the time were in days where they were kind of like doubly oppressed, politically oppressed by the Romans, spiritually oppressed by the Herodian dynasty. These were dark days that they were going through. But watch this, verse six. These two people, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. These are good people. These are good people in the midst of dark days, but they're staying faithful to their God and to following the the commandments of the Lord. Even, even though, verse seven, watch. But they had no child, Because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. They were faithful, even though the the object of their prayer for years was unfulfilled. The very first Christmas occurred during this very dark time, both in the life of Israel, but also in the life of this elderly couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth. You got to understand how dark it was. It was 400 years since the last prophetic word came forth out of the mouth of a prophet by the name of Malachi. 400 years, no angelic appearance, no prophetic word. I mean, how many of you have cried to heaven? God, just say something. Just something, Lord. I just need to hear something. Make sense of what I'm going through, Lord. 400 years and no voice from heaven. So it's emotionally and spiritually, relationally dark times. And not just for Israel, but also for Elizabeth and Zachariah in this. They're old and all these years. Just give us, just give us a Ross Allen. Just give us a Ross Allen. Just give us a baby boy. Hmm. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you'd visit our conversation today. Lord God, there are people in this room today that are navigating dark seasons in life. People in this room that are navigating those questions of where are you? People in this room that are navigating those questions of why? And Lord, I ask that you would visit us today and just allow us to leave here with that hope of Advent, that hope, Lord God, that you have purpose in all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have your seats. You have to understand, for Zachariah and Elizabeth, you know, when it came to their life, it says that they were barren and they were advanced in years, and um, this child hadn't come. I want you to first understand when you're going through things, the cause of their child not being born wasn't because of sin. That, that would have been the mindset of the Jewish culture at that time. There is something going on in these people's lives that has caused them to be barren. Your sins are not always the cause of your suffering, Amen. Sometimes your suffering is a cause of your mother from your mother and your mother-in-law. 
No, I can't. I'm Carol. I love you. I have to say that to my mother-in-law. I'm teasing. No, but your sins aren't always the cause. No, no. But we all go through things. We all go through seasons that at times are dark. And um, hopefully it doesn't last 400 years. But we all go through it where at times it feels like 400 years. <coughs> and I, it's Christmas time. So since it's this season, I think we need to look at gifts, right? And I believe that some of the greatest gifts come from some of the darkest days. And the first gift I want us to look at is this. When you go through those dark days, we are given this gift. It's the opportunity to be faithful. That's what it is. Yeah, it's dark times, but they were blameless and righteous before the Lord, obeying all his commandments. Doesn't that sound like faithfulness? Yeah, yeah. So when we go through a dark season and we're not getting the answers to our prayers like we want, we still have a gift in the midst of that, and it's the gift of having an opportunity to be faithful. In Luke 1, verse 8, now while Zechariah was serving as priest before God. Do you see that? I'm done. I'm not serving anymore. I'm not getting what I want, when I want, how I want. I quit. If not physically, emotionally, relationally, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to go to those people's house and study the word of God anymore. I'm not going to serve on that team anymore. I'm not going to, you fill in the blank, you know. And we all get tempted by that. I get it. But now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Zechariah was a part of the priesthood and thousands and thousands of people were a part of the priesthood at this time and they would do their priestly duties locally but then they would get called up to like the big leagues, right? And they would get called to Jerusalem to do work there around the temple for a couple weeks and while they were there then they would also have lots cast on who gets to go into the Holy of Holies or the, um, the holy place rather and, and light and burn the incense and all those things. And so this is what's happening here. It, it, all these years that Zechariah has continued to serve faithfully and maybe at times felt a little bit distant because he hadn't come and been called up to that point yet, but still he served faithfully and now he has this opportunity. And they say historically that it could have been once in a lifetime if that you would actually be the one called upon to get to go into this place and burn incense on the altar of incense. And so, wow, what a powerful moment for Zechariah as he has been called up. What I see in this, them living blameless and following the commands and continuing to serve as priests, they did not let their lives resolve around their disappointments. They didn't. Instead, they busied themselves in faithful service to the Lord. They continued to walk blameless. They continued to follow the commands and statutes of the Lord rather than focusing on their disappointment. They continued to be, everybody say faithful. faithful. Yeah, they focused on glorifying God in their lives. They embrace the opportunity to be faithful. And when I think of my mother, that's who she was, okay? So no matter what adversity would come her way, there was always some reason why my Jesus has a purpose. My mother's from Pikeville, Kentucky, and she was straight up hillbilly. My Jesus, my Jesus. And, and, and when she was about 71, she had one kidney. She was born with one kidney, and that kidney stopped working. And so she didn't have diabetes, but her kidney didn't work. So for the last eight and a half years, she's been on dialysis three days a week, you know. And dad called her her part-time job. And she actually passed away going to her part-time job. And dad got her in the car and closed the door, put a purse on her lap, closed the door. After she'd eaten two poached eggs, some sliced maters, 
toast with some mayonnaise on it. And mother doesn't usually eat that much. She usually has two little packets of oatmeal. But she told daddy, she said, I think tomorrow morning I want you to make this. And um, dad did whatever mom said, always. And so he made it and she ate it and she gets out in the car and dad walks around to the other side, opens the door, sits down, taps her leg and says, okay, you ready to go to your part-time job? And she, um, as he backed out, just went, and that was it. Took out a breath and leaned on daddy's arm. He ran her to the hospital and she was already gone. Can't get no better than that, right? But here's the thing, what I was saying about mama's faithfulness Man, for eight and a half years, three days a week, four hours a time, she's in this dialysis center. But mother began to see it as the place of her ministry. Now, you have to understand something about my mom. Dollar General, that's the place of her ministry. She can shop and pray at the same time, multitask, you know. Volunteers of America, Goodwill, thrift stores were not safe. But her life resolved around this idea that wherever I am, I'm going to be faithful. Wherever I am, there's opportunity, no matter what I'm going through. And so dialysis, that center, became a place where <coughs> it wasn't uncommon, I was told, that dad would go to pick up mother and she would be leaning over and laying hands on somebody and praying for somebody, you know. A lot of people going through dialysis are losing um, appendages and limbs and, and man she's just praying for them encouraging them everybody knew Mama Wiseman Mama Wiseman they knew Mama Wiseman and they knew Mama's Jesus because you couldn't have a conversation with her without somehow Jesus coming into the conversation you know and so I just was modeled this that no matter what the adversity there's a faithfulness to serve that was modeled and that's how Zachariah and Elizabeth were they serve faithfully in spite of experiencing years of unanswered prayer. And so they embrace that gift. In the midst of those dark days, they embrace the gift of an opportunity to be faithful. That's something we can embrace this season, a gift. Will we be faithful no matter what we're facing? The second gift that I see in this whole passage of Scripture in those dark days is this, the opportunity to see God's faithfulness. Amen? And watch this. I mean, it took a long time before they saw it, but in verse 10, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So Zechariah's inside, the people were praying outside. And there appeared to Zechariah an angel, the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and he fear fell upon him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. He had continued to stay faithful in his prayer, too. You know, just because we don't see our miracle manifest overnight, it's okay to keep praying that. You know, I think some of us have been taught that, well, you pray it once, if you pray it again, that's a lack of faith. No, no, I mean, that, that's, that's bolstering your faithfulness. That's bolstering your ability to just hang in there, stand there another day. And, and so, yeah, mother, she prayed for healing. She really believed that she would be healed before she checked out. She, she believed that with all her heart. It was a couple weeks ago. She's like, my numbers are getting better, Ross Allen. Wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be something if I got off that machine? Yeah, it would be. But, you know, but then she would just say, but the Lord knows what's going on. And she just would walk in faithfulness. And so their prayers, his faithful prayers had finally been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, 
And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Here's the thing, 400 years of silence, 400 years. Do you realize what the last prophetic word that came out of Malachi's mouth was? It was this, that this one will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Now, Gabriel, 400 years later, is looking at Zechariah and saying 400 years of darkness, but guess what? That word that felt like it had stopped, that word is going to begin again afresh and anew, and it's coming through your wife's womb. That's amazing. It wasn't an accident. That's what the, Gabriel spoke. He spoke starting this new era of the prophetic word of God being fulfilled. He spoke the last word 400 years before saying, this promise is now about to come upon you. And I'm just telling you right now, I didn't say this in the first service. There's some promises that have been spoken over your life. Hold on. It's about to be upon you. Amen? It's about to be birthed within you. It's about to manifest. Just hang in there. Continue to walk in faithfulness. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Amen? The reason why this is so important for us to get is because in that 400 years of silence, too often we mistake God's silence for God's absence. How many has felt that way before? Like, you're just, you know, we just mistake it. No, 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 it's, it's not, he's not absent. He was there all those years. There was still a promise that was going to manifest. There was still the truth that was going to come forth. But in that season, it felt, felt dark. It felt distant. In those seasons of Zechariah and Elizabeth's faithful serving, As they prayed, give us a child, give us a child, give us a child. And the child didn't come. I'm sure often during those seasons, they felt, where are you, Lord? But God's silence is not God's absence. That's why this is more a sermon today about God's faithfulness than Zacharias. Okay? I don't want you to miss that. Okay, I'm going to come back to that so we catch it. But we're talking about God's faithfulness, not Zacharias' faith. Not Zacharias' ability to believe to get his miracle, okay? Watch this. Luke 1, 18 through 20, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. (coughs) When I first read that, I thought, that's a smart man. Because he said, I'm old. My wife, she's advanced. (laughs) You see that? We can learn something, man. You know, I'm old, but she's advanced in years, advanced in wisdom, advanced in beauty. You know, he was, yes, he was smart in how he said that. (sighs) And the angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. I don't see a man filled with faith. A faith-filled family, that's not Zachariah. That's not Elizabeth. I don't see them having faith. They are full of doubt, full of disbelief. And when an angel presents himself, itself, herself, himself, gender confusion, I'm sorry. I, the angel, they're, they're not giving it. Okay, when Gabriel says that, What's he say? He's like, I'm old. He wasn't full of faith. 
So here's the thing that the Lord has showed me in that, is that it's more important for us to be full, it's more important for us to be faithful than filled with faith. It's more important for us to be faithful, doing what God has called us to do, even when we can't be full of faith. Amen? And and, and he shuts him up until this child is born. His mouth is closed. He comes out of the the, the, the holy place, and, and he can't speak. He comes out, and, and I'm sure he's trying to tell his wife exactly what's happened. You know, like, angel. I mean, like, he, he's trying to, he can't get the word across. <laughs> and God was teaching him, I think, just to trust him and to trust his word. Zachariah, if you can't believe me in this, then I'm not going to let you declare this right now. I'm not going to let you pre- tell the good news just yet. I'm just going to shut your mouth. And it looks as if it's a scolding, but I was thinking about this. I think God just knew that he struggled with faith, you know. And if you can't open your mouth for nine months, man, it's a reminder. Something spiritual is going on here, you know. God's at work here. Something's happening. Also, I got to thinking about it. It was almost like God's way of going, you know what? There's nothing you can do about this, Zachariah. You were righteous and blameless, and you didn't cause the barrenness. You are not going to be the one that's going to fix the barrenness. No word you speak, no thing you do. Just keep your mouth shut and let me do what I'm going to do. But when I'm going through dark days, I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. You know what I mean? I really do. I really do. And so, huh, Luke 1, 24 through 25. After these days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived, and for five months, she kept herself hidden. And, and I said in the first service, I messed that up. I said she conceived for five months. And all the men were like, yeah, that's how it should be. And all the women were like, what? Huh. So punctuations are important. After these days, his wife conceived, comma, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among people. This is a season in this culture that when the child wasn't there, people would look, as I said earlier, they would look and say, what sin is in your life? What have you done wrong? Her reproach was going to be removed. But not just her reproach, the reproach of the nation was going to be removed, it says, now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son, and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they would have him call, be called Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, no. Remember, Gabriel said, name him John. So she called, no, he shall be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and he wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately Zechariah's mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he spoke blessing God. And fear came on all the neighbors. And all these things were talked about through the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, what then will this child be for the hand of the Lord is with them? Why did God show himself faithful to Zechariah and to Elizabeth? Did he show himself faithful to them because they were so full of faith? I don't believe so. There's lots of doubt we've seen here in Scripture that Zechariah had. No, no, I believe God showed himself faithful to them because they were so faithful. Amen? My, my challenge to us today is a simple one. Can we, when we can't be filled with faith, all right, can we just be faithful? You know? It may not seem 
sexy and all fiery and all, you know what I'm saying? Like, like ooh, you know, zealous. And, but there's something powerful about just putting your feet forward, your priestly feet. Y'all are priests in this house. Putting your priestly feet forward and just, Lord, I'm just staying faithful. I don't understand these dark days, but I'm just going to keep on being faithful. There's something powerful about that. As Pentecostals, we're taught like to be full of faith, you know. I was saying in the funeral that, that, that so often, you know, we're, we're taught like, like the kingdom suffers violent and the violence take it by force. And so we name and claim and blab and grab and call and haul and believe and receive. Glory to God. And we should. Amen. How many like speaking the word of God over your life? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling Zachariah and Elizabeth a lot through the years. Baby, baby, baby. Come on, baby, baby. Jesus, baby, baby, or baby God. Come on, put something in this. Put something in mama's oven. Come on. I believe they spoke it a lot. But they just kept faithful. I think their faithfulness speaks more to me than anything they ever said, you know. And I saw that in mom. I saw, I saw that in how no matter what she would go through, she just was going to be faithful. I see it in my dad. My, the, we did the funeral on Monday. And so I was talking to dad on, on Tuesday morning, and I said, so what are you guys doing? You know, we were leaving Tuesday morning. What are you doing? And he said, well, I got our Bible study in the afternoon on Tuesday. Well, you're going to lead it? And he said, well, well, yeah, mama's in heaven, but that doesn't mean God lifted his call off my life. Yeah, yeah but daddy, mom made you tolerable. <laughs> no. Is that something, though? And then, and then I was talking to him on, on Wednesday or Thursday, I think it was, and he had his, his church, he's a pastor, he had his church Christmas dinner on Thursday night. Talked to him Friday, and boy, that, Rossi, that was hard. That was hard, Ross Allen, that was tough, you know. And then I asked him on Friday, so what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm sitting here writing my men's Bible study for tomorrow. They have a men's Bible study on Saturday. And he's in the pulpit today preaching, you know. And, and, and you may look at that and be like, well, he's not mourning. no, no. That's all he knows is to just be faithful. That's all he knows, just to serve. And he has mourned, and I've talked to him on the phone, and we've wept and cried, but he was going to be faithful because he's priest, and this is what he does. You know what I'm saying? Does he feel filled with faith right now? No, we're hurting. But you don't have to be filled to be faithful. Does that make sense? If you're waiting for an unction to do what God has told you to do, You'll wait a long time. Yeah. You don't need an unction. You just, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. This is how I'm supposed to live. This is what I'm supposed to, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think faithfulness is a whole lot more important than being filled with faith. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then this, yesterday, we were in our work day, and Pastor Brantley, he says, you gonna be okay tomorrow? I've been a mess, y'all. I, I, I. I just, I know it's going to be okay and we're going to get through it. But man, it just messed me up, you know. And he goes, you know, you'll be okay tomorrow? You want me to preach? And uh, he's always looking for an opportunity to preach. <laughs> they kill it. Man, him and, didn't Pastor Stephanie, wow, what a sermon last week. Man, you helped me last week, you know, you did. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, um, he asked and I was just like, no, I, I, I got to preach tomorrow, you know. Dad's in the pulpit. I got to preach too. I, I got to be faithful even when I don't feel filled with faith. Does it make sense? And, um, and I'm mourning, you know, for sure. But, you know, I think what was hard was I know that every Sunday afternoon, my dad goes home from church, they eat, and then he takes a nap. But mama pulls up momentum 
on YouTube and she watches the service every Sunday afternoon. And um, my sister will say, what you doing, mama? She's like, I'm watching my boy. And then the week when I call her and talk to her, she's like, oh, you were teasing about mama again on there. You know, she loves hearing those stories because she's crazy. (laughs) She calls me on my birthday. And she's like, Ross Allen, she said, did you get your card today? I said, I did. She said, I know there's nothing in it, but I just wanted you to have that card today. I said, Mother, you all don't have to get me anything. Well, no, no, no. I got you something coming on Monday. She goes, I know you're on that diet. Now, you understand, Mother comforts with food. This is who she is, right? My mother died about 115 pounds, but when I was a little boy, she's five foot two, 205 pounds. Can you see why she was so cuddly? And, um, and she goes, I know how you like your steaks. And I, I haven't made this public, but since August 1st, I've just been pretty much a plant-based eater, you know, just it helps with my running. And, and I'm like, well, mom, I'm not on a diet. I just haven't been eating meat. It just helps with inflammation. And she said, I know, but I just know how much you like your steaks. You're not going to eat them? And I was like, well, no, mama, I'm just going to, I'll let the kids and Amy, they'll have them. And oh, well, okay, you know. And then Amy, she laughed because I ruined her birthday. Her birthday's in January. And um, so mother said, well, you know what? Amy's birthday's in January. We'll just let her have those for her present. And so Amy's, Amy's like, what? So that morning she passed away. Those steaks were in the freezer for the last two weeks. And I got up and I, Amy was, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to eat my freaking steaks. I set my steak out there and I had me a petite sirloin and thought about my mother and cried all the way through eating that. That was the worst tasting, best meal I've ever, you know. But I literally, I thought, this is the last... <laughs> That's the last meal my mom prepared for me. So, this inflammation's your fault, mother. No, I'm teasing. How'd I get down that path? I have no clue. (laughs) Just being faithful, trying to be faithful. (laughs) So, they're faithful. Zachariah and Elizabeth, in this culture, if a woman wouldn't produce a child, they literally could divorce that woman. But he was faithful to Elizabeth. He stayed with her. He could have got bitter at God, but he didn't. He got better. He just continued his priestly duties. He remained committed to Elizabeth and his duties to the Lord. And then this promise comes to him. See, Zachariah did not let his disappointment over not having a child keep him from having complete trust that God was in control. And he continued to serve in faithfulness even when his faith at times was challenged. And now this child is going to be born. And not only this child will be a blessing to Elizabeth and Zachariah, this blessing is going to prepare the way for the Redeemer He's going to prepare the way for Jesus. John's the one who stood beside the lake as he's baptizing people into repentance. And as he's doing that, Jesus comes and he says, behold the Lamb of God, the one who comes to take away the sins of the world. I'm baptizing under repentance. Repentance falls short. You guys realize that, right? Like how many times you've asked God to forgive you for something? You're still going to do it. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying repentance falls short. Jesus shed his blood to wipe out the penalty of the sin. Amen? Now, that should cause us to live holy. I'm not, I'm, pastor said we're going to keep sinning. It's okay. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying repentance is beautiful, but redemption, oh, that's beautiful. That's, that's gold. And Jesus is, behold, he's the redeemer. He takes away the sins of the world. This is the man that's going to point to Jesus and prepare the way. God blessed Zechariah and Elizabeth to bring into the world the first prophetic move, if you will, in 400 years. 
as God's preparing the way for the Savior of all mankind to come. You know what's neat? In Hebrew, always the names mean something. And the name Zechariah, it means the Lord has remembered. The Lord remembers. God hadn't forgotten them in 400 years, the nation of Israel. God hadn't forgot Zechariah and Elizabeth. No, the Lord remembers. The name Elizabeth means the oath of God, the oath of God. When these two came together and conceived, literally that coming together, you could say it means this, the Lord remembers his oath. God never forsook them. God never ever was not on the scene. His absence was not a lack of, his silence was not a lack of his presence, you know. And even though Zechariah might feel like God had forgotten him at times, exactly the opposite is what was true. God remembers Zechariah, and God remembers his people. And no matter how dark your days are, God remembers what you're going through too. Amen? Elizabeth, her name meaning God is my oath. God is indeed about to make an oath in this moment. To speak, this child's going to come. And he was going to make an oath, a promise that he was going to bring great light that would dispel both darkness for Zechariah and Elizabeth, but also for all of us that have lived under the darkness, for the nation of Israel and all that would come past as the Messiah was going to be born and as Jesus would be proclaimed first by John the Baptist. The angel had great news for Zechariah. And just as Zechariah and Elizabeth's name points to meaning. Guess what? It was so important for Gabriel to say, God wants you to name the son John. Don't name him little Zechariah. Zach's a great name. My son-in-law's name's Zach. Don't name him little Zach, you know. I want you to name him John. The reason why that is so important is because that word John literally means God has been gracious. God's been gracious. Excuse me. God remembered them and said that you were going to have this child, not just any child. They are to dedicate their son to the Lord because he was going to be that forerunner that would prepare the way for the long-awaited Messiah that would take care of the darkness of the earth, the darkness of the world. And he would fulfill those words of the prophet Malachi that we saw earlier. What's so neat is Zechariah, he gets filled and he begins to prophesy. So this is the first prophecy in this era, 400 years, and Zechariah begins to prophesy. And as he prophesies, it's not just a testament to the faithfulness of God to, to, to him and to Elizabeth, it's more a testament to the faithfulness of God to all mankind. Remember in those dark days, we have two gifts. The first gift is the gift of an opportunity to be faithful, and then the second gift is an opportunity to see God's faithfulness. There have been no visions, as I said, no prophets, no angelic appearances, and now this child has been born. And Zechariah stands up, and he begins this first advent. Literally, the advent begins not with Joseph and Mary. The advent begins with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Think about that. A barren couple. And the advent, the coming of Christ, this story begins with them. No matter how barren you may feel, there is life that God has that's going to come forth in your lives. There's a promise that's going to come forth. Just continue to stay faithful. I would say that you may flip that and think that that faithfulness is what you're doing to earn that miracle from God. That's not what I'm preaching. Your mother was faithful no matter what. I'm just going to serve Jesus. I'm going to minister until the Lord takes me home. 
Still believing for a miracle, but should it come, should it not? I'm being faithful. Not, not, I'm not being faithful so I get. I'm just being faithful because he's good. My Jesus. That's how Zachariah and Elizabeth were. I think they got past, they're still praying for healing, but you can't, you can't just stay faithful and serve decade after decade after decade if you're doing it out of ulterior motives. It won't last. Their hearts were just pure, and God saw the purity of their hearts and their faithfulness. And that miracle came. They didn't earn that miracle. They just were in the right place for it because they were walking faithful. And so here's what the prophetic word is. And the first portion of the prophetic word is about Jesus. That darkness being removed because of our Messiah. The advent, the coming of this babe in a manger. And then the second portion is that of John. It's the testament of John. But here's what it says. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Like the first prophecy after 400 years. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people. I would declare to you today, no matter how dark your days are, he is visiting you today. That redemption means he paid a price for us. He's paying a dear price for your life. He's visiting today. And he raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. This Herodian dynasty that's flipped religion and has caused it to be oppressive. This Roman empire that has caused political oppression. God is delivering us to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. He never forgot us. Remember, he's the God that gives that oath. The oath that he swore to our fathers, Abraham, to grant us, that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. That we would do what? We would serve him. That we'd be faithful to him. I don't fault anybody that struggles with their believer. You've heard me say it before. My believer's broken, you know. I'm trying to believe. I just struggle to believe. I don't, I, don't, I don't fault people for that. Well, if you just had faith, man, sometimes it's hard to have faith, you know? But here's the thing. When you can't have faith, you sure can't have God. <laughs> My faith is broke at times. My God's not. So I lean into him. That faith filling that comes to the families that serve God, it's not your faith you muster. He gives a portion, a measure of faith for you in that moment. It's his faith poured in, amen? Stop working so hard. Stop trying so hard in the midst of your dark days. Just be faithful and rest in the faith that he has, amen? That we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you child will be called the prophet. Now it speaks of John, the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. <laughs> Picture it. He's holding John as he's saying this. But you, child, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. He's holding this baby, the fulfillment of his promise. It's come. And he's holding this child. And he's speaking this. <laughs> Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance. God has been gracious. That's the child that he held, John. God's been gracious. What an appropriate name for Zachariah and Elizabeth and for the entire world. Because when we see the birth of John, 
That was proof that God had been gracious to his people by putting into motion the plan to bring the Savior, the Messiah, into the world. And so when things are dark, embrace those two gifts. Embrace the opportunity to be faithful no matter what. And remind yourself of the gift of God's faithfulness. It may take a season, but he's true to his oath. The Lord remembers. Amen? So perhaps today you feel like the old childish couple, childless couple like Zechariah and Elizabeth. Or maybe you feel like the entire nation of Israel. When will our deliverance come? Perhaps you feel like God's forgotten you or that he no longer cares about you. And you're experiencing that kind of hopelessness in your life. Man, that's what the Advent is all about, that Jesus is coming. Amen? That good news is here. The hope is in the midst of those dark days. And we can see here in this scripture today, this faith-filled family Christmas, we can see that Advent began with Zechariah. God remembers. It begins with Elizabeth. God is my oath. It begins with the birth of John. God has been gracious. These characters, they remind us that from the beginning, God has been the author of a story that results in bringing hope into the midst of a dark world to those who will call upon Messiah as their Savior. And so if you've done that, man, it's not over till it's over. There is hope because God is faithful. God remembers. Amen? Bow your heads for a moment. If you're going through something right now, and it's just dark. It just feels like, God, I just think, have you forgotten me? Have you forgotten my situation? I have prayed this prayer so much, it just, I just don't feel like even praying it one more time. If that's you, just hold your hand up around this room. Yeah, there's hands everywhere. Lord, I ask that you would just fill my friends, Lord, with encouragement today that you are faithful. And in your faithfulness, give them a stirring to walk faithful before you, to serve faithfully before you, Lord. And somewhere in the middle of that, Lord, fill them with that hope, I pray, Jesus, that you are working all these things out, Lord God, for their good. You're working all these things out that your glory might be seen and known. Encourage them, Lord, on this journey, I pray, because you, Lord, you remember, and you, Lord, you keep your oath. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name. Give God some praise. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.